Hello everyone and welcome to Tending the Vine, the Trellis Counselling Podcast where we talk all things mental, emotional, spiritual and even relational health and where we talk about these things, holding them up to the light of scripture, looking at them through the lens that we have in the Bible so that we can learn more about how to live well through these things, but also how to live well as somebody who loves God and loves people through this. Um, in that, la- in the last episode, we were looking at what what does it mean to count it all joy in difficult circumstances and the different trials that we face, and we were talking about how God draws us close to Him in these challenging times, and we grow in our dependence on Him, and that is where it comes to counting it all joy. And at the end of the episode, we were talking some about how God works through those challenges and the trials to nurture change and growth in our lives. And I was, I promised that I was going to talk about that some more. So that's what we're here to do in this episode. Hopefully we'll take some time to reflect on what change is like from a biblical perspective. Um, And what does the Bible say about change and growth? Now, change and growth is something we think and talk about quite a lot here at Trellis. Um, We look at this through a biblical framework to look at what's happening in our lives and how we respond and change or grow through these situations. And as we do so, and something we've really been learning and, and looking at is that change is not a just a 10-step process or working through a program or building new habits and editing out bad behaviors or sinful behaviors even but as we look at this more and study it more we really learn to see how change is something so much deeper it's something that reaches down into our hearts and when it changes our hearts and when our hearts are renovated our lives start to be reoriented and changes happen and we are refocused and looking at our, like living our lives in a different way, but it's something that comes from the heart. Most of us, when we think of change, we, we think of the big things, the big decisions that we make or the big and difficult things that we've experienced and how they've really turned our lives around for good and for bad. When we look at our lives, we think of change in those major events and those episodes. But the thing is, there isn't always all that much major stuff going on in our lives. Most of us have lives that are fairly mundane, pretty average, and there's not too many big events that are happening all the time. In fact, we don't really have many big events throughout our lives. But there's all these mundane things that are happening, all these little moments, and they all stack up. And as we learn to look at these, our lives through the lens of scripture, and as we learn to see what the Bible has to say about change and growth, we learn that it is about those small, boring things, that growth as a Christian is that journey of these mundane moments. It's pressing forward in this race that we call life and striving to do better in all of the little things, in all of the things that we don't think of that important in the way that we get out of bed in the morning and the way that we speak to our family members and the way that we drive our car or the way that we brush our teeth or read a book or 
whatever it is that we feel that fill our days, all those little things, they they're a really important part of growing and putting off the old and putting on the new. Now, most of us like major change and transformations. We like these before and after pics that inspire us or these um, Instagram reels or TikToks that are instant transformation. And we want it all to happen straight away. That's why we look for these quick fixes, the easy-to-follow programs, the 28-day challenges or the 30-day challenges or however many days we want. Um, But with these things, change doesn't last. We finish our diet and the weight starts climbing up back up. We we stop doing something for a while. We start doing something for a little while because we've gone through a program or we've been really good at introducing a new habit. But after a while, we get tired, we get busy, we get stressed or sad or overwhelmed or angry and we just slip back into those old habits. We learn all these techniques to manage our anxiety or our anger but then we don't remember to put them into practice when we're caught up in a moment and they don't really help us. We reach for them later, but they don't help us in the moment. When it comes to living our lives before the face of God, we want to keep growing. We want to be sanctified more and more. We want change that goes deeper than these changes in our habits, deeper than new techniques or behaviours and skills. We want change there goes down to the depths of our hearts. Now, before we go much further, I really want you to know that I'm not saying there's not a place for behavioural change or learning good strategies. I'm hopefully saying and trying to say that there's something much more than these things for us as Christians, something much more deeper and something much more personal. Change, real biblical change, is something that filters down into some of the most mundane, everyday parts of our lives. Change is not being frustrated when I bump my shin on the dishwasher drawer. It hurts, probably will bruise, and I probably should have finished emptying it before moving on to what I'm doing. But instead of getting frustrated at myself, which is a typical response... Change that God is working me means that I have the grace to laugh at myself and how clumsy I get sometimes. Biblical change is, and real change is, not reaching for that extra piece of chocolate, opening that bag of chips or pouring that drink or turning on that show when you're feeling emotional or overwhelmed. It's taking the weight of those emotions, whatever those emotions are, and bringing them to God. And growth and change in that is is growing in bringing that to God just a little bit faster than you might have before because you're learning about what it means to trust him more and you're learning that reaching for food or drink or escaping into movies and and other things is searching for comfort in a place that doesn't fulfill and it's just it's changing and it's shifting that to finding that in God. Real biblical change is my friend not being empowered to not respond to her husband in the way that she typically typically does in a moment of conflict. Real change is starting to share parts of your story with a trusted confidant because you know that you need the support of community, even though it's very scary. Real change is finding the space to slow down a little bit, pay attention to what's happening and not react immediately to everything around us. 
real change looks different for all of us. It's the little things changing and shifting that help us to grow into the people that God has created us to be. Now, you're not sitting here in the room with me sharing your story and I don't know of any of the struggles that you're facing or any of the areas that you would like to see change in, so I cannot speak specifically to the small things in your life. But what I do know is that in those small things, that is where change is happening. That is where the Spirit is at work in your life. Our journey of sanctification is lots of small moments. It's lots of little things being reoriented as they fall in line with what is commanded in us, commanded from us in Scripture. This doesn't happen overnight. We wouldn't be able to handle it if it did. And it's also not a very straightforward process. It involves stumbling, getting turned around, taking a few steps forward and then a step backward or maybe a few more steps backward. It's tripping and falling and getting back up. And at the same time, it is this process that is shaped by grace, by a grace that draws us into a deep relationship with the living God. And the growth in that relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father is reflected in the relationships we have with those around us. And as we do so, we start to respond to the same situations, the same difficulty and hardship and the same painful events in ways that honour God. We turn away from these things that might normally be sinful or self-centred and we face our Heavenly Father. Our responses take on a different shape. They take on this shape of grace. Grace empowers us to slow down and pay closer attention to what is going on in our life. It gives us clarity and strength to notice what we are doing. Grace means that we can have more intentionality in everything that we do. And as we do so, we grow in being able to see the details of our lives. Those small, everyday, mundane things, we can start paying more attention to them. We start to notice and pay attention to how we spend our free time, what we do when we have to line up and maybe it's how we reach for our phones and what it is that we're scrolling through each time or how we always need to be doing something. We grow in paying attention to how it is that we do our grocery shopping, how it is that we interact with the people around us in these busy environments. When we're empowered by the grace of God, We can pay more attention to the thoughts that drift through our mind late at night or the first thing in the morning. We notice some of those thoughts more throughout the day. And we learn to grow in having that psalmic conversation with God, like we talked about in the last episode. So many of us just live our lives. We move through our days without actively paying attention to what's happening. We move from one thing to the next to the next. And we're definitely not paying that much attention to even what we're doing, and definitely not why it is that we're doing that. Now, sometimes this is necessary. There's so many pressures that we're facing and lots of things happening, and we might just need to get through our day. Maybe we're overwhelmed by emotion if we slow down too much. Um, And if we pay too much attention, we'll just be in a puddle, and we don't want to do that, so we just move on. 
and we move through the next thing and the next because that is in that moment how we need to survive. Or maybe we're going through a very busy season because busy seasons happen and we don't have time to pay attention to anything except the next thing on our to-do list. Or maybe we have made ourselves so busy so that we don't have to pay attention because it gets scary when we start to pay attention. It gets scary when we start to slow down because then our thoughts all catch up to us. Now, naturally, no one is very self-aware, if we want to use that term. In our sinful state, we are blind to the logs in our eyes and blind to the things that are going on for us. We don't like the discomfort of paying attention to our emotions, particularly the heavier, more intense or darker emotions. It'd be really nice if we can block them out, forget about them. We notice big things in our lives, like getting married or a child being born, the changes they have that have a significant impact on our lives. But we don't pay all that much attention to those little details. They happen, they continue to happen. The things that happen in the world all around us, what we're busy with at work, the everyday ins and outs of family lives, they're all very important parts of our lives. And we don't pay much attention, so we drift. We float, just living our lives without really noticing each moment when it is in front of us. We move an autopilot. We don't pay attention to what's happening or how we are responding. And drifting does look different for all of us. For some it's rushing about. It is the crazy busy filling our lives so that we don't have to pay much attention we can move so fast through our days that it's one big blur. For others, drifting is just not paying attention. Our lives might not be that full or busy, but instead we're just a little bit checked out of everything. Maybe we hold ourselves somewhat aloof and distant, an audience to our lives instead of an active participant. Maybe we sit there on our phones scrolling through social media, watching cute videos, but not really realising how much time it takes out of our day. We end up in these doom scrolls and then we, we come out to the real world and realise that an hour's passed. Or we're always absorbed in our favourite hobby. You know, it's reading, reading books or doing something creative, but we as we do so, we, we shut out the rest of the world and we don't pay attention to everything that's happening around of us. Now, we've also spoken about engaging with our emotions in, with God, bringing them to God as we are experiencing them, as we are experiencing life. And this is not just a reacting and moving forward, but it's paying attention to what's happened paying attention to our emotions about what's happened and using them as a tool that allows us to see a little bit more of what's going on in our hearts. If we're drifting, we can't do that. If we're just floating along and not paying much attention to what we're doing, we can't engage with our emotions. We can't see our hearts very clearly. As Christians, drifting doesn't just mean that we aren't really growing. 
Drifting isn't something that just means that we stay there. It means that we start to move away from God. An analogy that's really stuck with me from a sermon I heard quite a few years ago is that it's as if we're paddling upstream, something that requires active investment and hard work often. And if we we stop paddling, we do drift, but it's a drifting downstream. And sometimes that current can be very strong. So it's so important for us to grow in paying attention to what is happening in the day-to-day. It's so important to grow in paying attention to the things that we are doing as we respond and engage with our lives. We have a God who is interested in the details of our lives. We can easily think that God is too big to care about little me or little you and what is happening, but the Bible tells us something so very different. We have a God who really cares about us, who really cares about those details, those little mundane things that fill out every day. And he calls us to engage with those details. He calls us to pay attention and to engage with him in the middle of it all. God really cares about the way that we spend our free time and the things that we reach for when we have quiet moments. He's interested in the books that I read and the reasons that I'm reading those books and he cares about how I am interacting with with the news, my response to current affairs, the way I speak with people, even the people I just bump with into as I do my groceries or on the street. And he cares about the thoughts I have about the people in my life or the people that I just bump into, even if I don't speak them. He's a God who cares about much more than how we do our work, or the big decisions that we make. He cares about all of the little details. He cares about how we respond when someone says something that we don't like. He cares about the way we approach, encourage or confront others about what's happening in their lives. He cares about the conversations we have and every part of those conversations. He cares about how the conversations we have with our colleagues, with those in authority, the conversations we have about those in authority. And even more importantly, he cares about those conversations where we don't care so much about what we're saying, the conversations with our friends and our family when we're not concerned or not thinking that much about doing the right thing or maybe we're complaining about some of the hard things in our lives or complaining about people in our lives. God cares about those conversations and he cares about how we respond and engage with people we don't agree with. He cares about the way we respond to the input, encouragement and feedback from others. All those seemingly insignificant and irrelevant parts of our day are important to God. The tiny details that we don't think about much, the things we just do and move on, he cares about them Because that is where we're living our lives. We don't move from significant event to significant event. Our lives take the long way. Not the highlight reel, but moment to moment. Insignificant thing to insignificant thing. God cares about all of these things as we do them and how they play out in our lives. Because they all say something about what is going on in our hearts. Our thoughts... Our words, our responses, our relationships, our behaviours, our actions, they all reveal something about our hearts. And God 
really cares about our hearts. Jesus says it this way in Luke 6. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Jesus is using the example of what it is that we say to show that it's our heart that rules our behaviours. So in this example, the things that we say are governed by our hearts, but it's also our thoughts, our behaviours, our actions and our emotions are all the fruit of what it is going on in our hearts, what's going on at the root level of everything. Now, this example of the tree with the fruit to root connection is found in other places of the Bible too. Um, And it's a really great example because it's one we're all familiar with, even if we're not from the agricultural society that um, the Jews were that Jesus is speaking to. God cares about the things we do. He cares about the fruit that we bear because of what the fruit reveals about what's going on in our hearts. It's important for us to pay close attention to all the things that we are doing because they reveal to us what's going on in our hearts. It's hard to know what is really going in our hearts. As I mentioned earlier, we're not always all that self-aware. And we're not very good at seeing what's going on in our hearts. In our hearts, And we're definitely not very good at seeing what's going on in the hearts of other people. But when we are attentive to the things that we're doing, when we notice how we live our lives, how we're engaging with the things that are happening, we can trace that fruit both the good and the bad fruit, back to the root of what's going on in our hearts. We notice things that we're feeling. We can take the time to pay attention to what these feelings mean, by the things that we desire, the things that we value, and how we might or might not be serving God in that moment. This means that we start to catch ourselves in moments when we might have just launched into action previously, We check in and we pay attention to what we are doing and what it is that God calls us to do in those moments. And we snap or get short with someone we love. We start to slow down, noticing that we are frustrated and pay attention to what we are frustrated about. We look at what we're holding on to and what it is that we might think is not right and reflect on how that fits into the way that God calls us to live before him. We catch ourselves before we reach or as we reach for another piece of cake or chocolate or we start to pour ourselves a glass of wine or whatever it is that um, starts to disappear so suddenly when we have it in our our house and we pay attention, we start to check in with what's going on under the surface and bring that before God because we know that he cares and he gives us comfort in ways that cake and ice cream cannot. And as we grow in doing this, we start to see how much we turn away from serving God and his kingdom and are trying to build our own little kingdom. We grow in seeing how much we need God, how desperate we are for his his grace in our lives because on our own we are trying to have everything and everyone around us fit into our little kingdom, to have it all fulfill our own desires instead of having those desires fall in line with God's kingdom. 
It's a journey of small changes and small steps, of turning away from our own desires and our own kingdoms and turning toward God, trusting that his kingdom is so much greater. It is praying that God will renovate our hearts so that our desires fall in service with his kingdom. It's praying your kingdom come and being ready for that kingdom in the here and now, being ready for that kingdom to come in our hearts and growing more and more to surrender ourselves to the way that God wants us to live for his kingdom and surrendering ourselves to the way that he is working in our hearts and in our lives. That is what's important, and it is important for us to pay attention to what it is that we are doing, to all the little things, because it is those little things that tell us about whose kingdom it is that we're trying to build. The way we respond when we encounter thoughts and opinions that differ to our own, what we do when people don't listen to us, even if we think they should be, our behaviours when life gets really hard, they all tell us about what's going on in our hearts. They all reveal a little bit about our practical day-to-day worship. They show us whose kingdom we are really serving. And I pray that you can be encouraged from this to continue to pay attention to the things that you're doing, to the things that you're doing in the mundane and the boring moments of your life and pay attention to how you are living for the kingdom of God.